Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. for Jesus or Rick Snow. He was actually playing the soprano saxophone. How amazing was that? Dude, I love the energy in the room. We love it. I hope you're having that much energy in your house, online. We're so glad that you're here joining us as we continue in our relationship series. Uh, This series has honestly been uh, phenomenal. I'm, I've really enjoyed the last couple weeks. And if you weren't here, please go back. I implore you, go back and listen to the first two messages of the series. And it was all about starting with you. Real relationships start with you. And I know some of you guys knew what the topic was this morning. The topic is toxicity. Somebody say toxicity. toxicity. The thing about toxicity You know, we already did two weeks of starting with you and now toxicity. We get to call out the people who are toxic in our lives finally, amen. How many people, you know, they're like, yeah, I can't wait for that week. I can't wait to hear what the word's gonna say, how I can get them people out of my life, get the toxicity out of my life. And then um, Jesus reminded the preacher and our staff to continue with the, it starts with you. I was thinking you weren't as excited. (laughs) But listen, I realized as we were going to this series, as we were going to this message, that toxicity is something that is such a buzzword right now. People are like, hashtag toxic. Hashtag get me out, get out of my life or all, whatever. Hashtag, I don't know what the hashtags have been lately, but sometimes we gravitate to the hashtags that this culture is telling us to hashtag and whatever the, the great trend is in this season of culture. And we're starting to bring that toxicity and those trends into the church. So what I see happening in the church is like, oh, that person's toxic, peace out. That church is toxic, peace out. That individual, that group, toxic, calling everything toxic and doing anything but what God has called us to as a church, which is to unite. If we're not a united church, then we're a divided church and the toxicity of this world is creeping into this church and we are losing our unity because we're trying to stay up with the culture. Let me... Read to you Romans 16, 17 through 18. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Listen, they serve their own appetites. This idea that the culture knows what's best for your relationships is a lie from the pit of hell. God desires unity in the church. God desires for us to carry the fruit of the spirit. Here's the thing. When you think about toxicity, it's like, okay, how do I get rid of that? The only way we're going to understand how to get rid of toxicity is if we understand health. 
if we understand what's healthy, then we'll recognize what is unhealthy. What the world is calling toxic is plastic. Is plastic. But the church, we've got to get real. And sometimes getting real means being committed and long-suffering and patience and having self-control for the sake of the unity of the body of Christ. Let's not be divided any longer. Let's not buy into what the world is talking to us about cancel culture. You know what cancel culture does? It polarizes. It polarizes, say, no, you're toxic. No to you, no to you, no to you. And before you know it, you are in an island unto yourself. And you've pulled yourself out of the body. And I don't know that you're going to survive for very much longer. In the same way that toxicity, the longer it is in your life, it will poison you. And you will, you will die an unhappy, unfruitful spiritual life. So let's understand toxicity from the standpoint of health. You know, some people are like, well, what's toxic? I thought you were going to give me like all the like things that I can recognize in other people and checklists like toxic, you're toxic, you're toxic. No, no, no. We know what toxic is. Like think about it. Galatians 5.19, it says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Do we need to keep going on? Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all these things. You guys know what toxic is. It's the things of the flesh. But some of us are calling personalities and preferences toxic, and you just need to get over it. What we need to do is understand health. And just after that list of toxicity, God gives us a picture of health. It says this in verse 22, Galatians 5:22, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's our hope. We're not going to come in here as a church and label everybody toxic when we need the hope of Jesus to keep us united. We want to be the church that he's called us to be. And the church is built on relationships. The kingdom of God is built on relationships. That's why we're saying don't be fake any longer. The world doesn't need a fake church. The world needs a real body of Christ that's united and committed to relationships and doing it real. Now I can use the other buzzword, authentic. Authenticity. Do not take on the world's definition of toxicity, do not take on the world's definition of authenticity. It's only rooted in the understanding of the word of God. And the, when we get the word of God in us, what comes out of us is the fruit of him, the fruit of the spirit. So cultivating healthy relationships will allow us to bear the fruit that he wants us to have. We want to bear fruits. And our fruit will determine how we relate to one another. Our fruit will determine the health of our relationships. And the way we relate to others will affect how we help others relate to Jesus. 
It's not about just having a great marriage. And it's not about like, oh, I have my brunch girls that I know I can count on on the weekend or like I can go on the wine tasting thing with or no, I can play with those bros. <laughs> bros. I don't know what you guys do. Bros. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like hoping something else comes to me that's bro-ish, but it's not. But he, you know, it's not about like having this posse posse, right? <laughs> click. It's not about having this click. The church doesn't need any more clicks. The world doesn't need to see a divided church that has this idea of unity, but you're actually just a click. The church needs something real, or the, bo- the world needs something real, and we've got to be that for them. We've got to show them Jesus. So can we cultivate healthy relationships in a toxic world? But before we go there, I love the next few points because it has everything to do with taking inventory of ourselves. I told you, week three, I'm not about to call out people for their toxicity because let's be real. Every single one of us have a heart, right? We have a heart. If you're in here, if you're watching, if you're living, if you're breathing, you have a beating heart. And the word says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. So guess what? Anybody live in the flesh sometimes? Your flesh just acts out? Your heart is part of your flesh? The heart is deceitfully wicked? Y'all are toxic! Woo! We are all toxic! But we are a, a work in progress. If you've never known this, Project Church was named Project Church because we are all a work in progress. We are the workmanship of God. We are the workmanship of a great creator, but he is perfecting us to the day we join him in heaven. We are living on a fallen earth where our flesh gets to us and he's sanctifying us and he's making us more like him. He's making us more like him. The longer we're in the faith, I don't care how old you are, the longer you are in the faith, the longer that you believe in Jesus and you allow him to do his transforming work in you, the more you will look like Jesus. But until then, we got to work out some of the toxic stuff. But before we call it out on other people, we got to call it out in ourselves. Because sometimes we only recognize it in other people because we know it's somewhere in ourselves. We see it in other people because we see it in ourselves if we're honest with ourselves. So if we're going to cultivate healthy relationships in a toxic world, we're going to, number one, take inventory of our energy. Take inventory of your energy. You know, when I think about energy, I often think about what only I can control. The greatest waste of energy is spending time, efforts, and resources on things that I cannot control. So before you try to control the toxicity in somebody else, let's take an inventory about how tox- toxic behaviors are sapping our energy. You know, this weekend, um, Caleb and I are leaving on a trip this afternoon, and through the weekend, there was just so much happening. The boys had a baseball game. We had to pack. I have, I'm so behind on laundry. My mother-in-law brought me dinner because she knew that I couldn't add one more thing to my plate. My son was in rehearsal for a play that he's in. It's a high school musical. He's only nine years old. He might be the lead. Um, oh, did I, did I say? <laughs> oh, the heart's deceitfully wicked and prideful, but I'm, I'm proud of my son. <laughs> But I realized that there are moments where I'm like, I really need to get the laundry done. 
I really need my kids to have something to take to Mimi and Papa's so that my in-laws aren't, you know, in my house looking through all their laundry. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want, they, they don't need to see that. You see, I'm perfect. Don't go to my house. It's crazy right now. So I, I, I found myself just getting so distracted by doing what I needed to do. And oftentimes I recognize when we are spending energy on the wrong thing, we're actually just being distracted by the things that we should be, not be taking care of. And we should be not distracted by those things, but we should be giving attention to some of our deficiencies. But we avoid what needs to get done. We avoid some areas of deficiency because the distraction makes us feel better. So some of us are spending energy on the wrong thing. But listen to this, Matthew 6, 27, it says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? When we're spending energy on the wrong thing, when we're spending energy on things that we cannot control, we are, we are reminded in Matthew that you cannot add a single hour to your day. You cannot add more energy or time to spend to your day by worrying about things you cannot control. And you can't, you can't add an hour to your day and by just getting distracted by things that aren't important. But the, the, you have to understand that your energy, it's less about just your energy. It's more about your value. Your energy shows you your value. Think about the things that you energize on, the things that you spend money, time, resources on. That is your value. And some of us are spending time on the wrong things, and we are in turn re- removing value from our lives. God has called us to do what he has asked us to do, and the moment we step outside of that, we devalue the life he has given us. It even says this. You know, sometimes we read this verse, and we read it a certain way. We're like, oh, I thought this verse was about, like, how God's going to provide for my needs, how he's going to provide for food and shelter. But it says right before, uh, and which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Right before that, it says, are you not more value than them? Value. Your energy is your value. So I want us to take inventory of our energy. And, you know, Ephesians is a great Uh, book that really talks about a lot of relational issues and gives us a lot of great relational advice. So turn to Ephesians 4, 25, and 32, because it starts with you. If we're going to understand how to cultivate healthy relationships in a toxic world, we're going to take inventory of ourselves and how that fleshes out in relationships. So I'll get to it, but let's read Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as 
fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. This right here, these few scriptures are a blueprint on how to recognize toxicity in ourselves. We're taking inventory of things that are sucking energy from our lives. My sisters and I like to talk about people who take or things that take our energy as dementors. If you're not a Harry Potter fan, don't judge me. Okay. It's actually not me. It's Caleb. That's the bigger fan. So. <laughs> Well, which leads me, he said no, but this leads me to my next point. Are you being real? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Ephesians 4.25, this is a blueprint, blueprint for understanding toxicity in our own lives. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth. Are you being real? Are you being authentic? Are you being the real deal? Are you being the real one? Week one of the series, make sure you go back and listen to it. Are you being real? You know, again, authenticity is thrown out around all the time. But I think one way that I measure how authentic I'm being is if I, if I take a look at the last few weeks or months of my life, and if I have sat down and given somebody my honest feedback or invited honest feedback into my life. And I'm not saying to go do this with anybody, but when was the last time, not with a counselor, not with a therapist, with somebody that you love, that you're investing relationship with, somebody that God has brought into your godly community, okay? If you don't have godly community, find it. It's here, join a community group, join a sisterhood group, join a brotherhood group, PSA, but for real, there's a church here, there's people here that God sends us that we can be real with. And the only way that we're gonna grow in unity is we're, we're real with one another. So when was the last time you sat down and asked for honest feedback from somebody that loves you and is for you? Listen, because sometimes we throw things out to people who just wanna criticize you and that's gonna suck the life out of you. But when was the last time that you were honest with somebody about a mistake that you made? When was the last time you asked for forgiveness? If we always say that, oh gosh, I always need Jesus. I need to come to him. I need to come to the altar every week. When was the last time you told somebody why you need to come to the altar? If your relationship with Jesus is not held accountable to his church that he sent you, then maybe you're not actually being real. There's no accountability when you're just like, oh, Jesus told me. <laughs> Jesus told me. Oh, really? Did you, did you ask God about that with your community, the community that he gave you, that he, he, he works in and through? With your covering? With your leaders? Can we be real? Listen, it takes so much more energy to be fake and to come up with stories and to hide stuff. That is gonna get you hecka tired. Do people say hecka still? <laughs> There's like all these 20 somethings over here. I'm like, I'm, I'm cool, I'm cool. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm just being real. I'm almost 40. Okay. <laughs> are you being real? Are you, are you your authentic self? It takes too much energy to be fake. And then you go on to read, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Be angry and do not sin. You can be angry, but do not let the sun go down on your anger. But do not hold a grudge. Are you holding any grudges? Listen, this idea about grudges is just like, yeah, I was mad for a while, but it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine now. It's fine. Listen, time doesn't make it fine. Time just sweeps it under the carpet. You know what my kids, I tell them all the time. I'm like, if you are in a, if they're in an argument, I'm just like, say, I'm sorry. Apologize. No, it's fine. I'm fine. No, say, I'm sorry. And I forgive you. End it. The grudge will carry on if there's no forgiveness. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. Give no opportunity. You know that word in its original form has more to do with like real estate. It has more to do with land and ownership. Do not give the enemy a foothold on what God has given you. You're not going to walk out into the fullness of your purpose and what God has entrusted you with if you're holding on to grudges. You're not going to walk in the fullness of all he has. Don't stay angry. And let me tell you, offense is a choice. Offense is a choice. There's so many of us who are just like, I'm offended. I'm offended. Toxic, toxic, offense, offense. It is a choice. Get over it. Here's the thing. I'm, just, I'm not saying get over it because it doesn't matter. There are some people who have offended us, who have hurt us, and we have to sit with it, and we have to ask God to help us process it, and we have to give, ask God to give us the strength to ask for forgiveness, to forgive. We have to do all those things. But listen, at the same time, we are bondservants of the Most High God. We are slaves. No, we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are slaves to the will of God. And so when you are a slave, you have no more rights. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it or ask God. It's not get over it impatiently. It's like work with God on it. Sit with him in it. Let him minister to you in it. Do not hold grudges. It takes more energy for you to hold on to the grudges than to let them go. Next, it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Are you prone to being critical? Mm, nobody amen that. <laughs> if you're anything like me, after Caleb and I preach and we talk about our messages, and, um, you know, I tell Caleb, it's not that I'm being critical, babe. It's just that I have a spirit of excellence. And that, church, is a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not always. There's times where I really do just have the spirit of excellence. And he, he lets me. I mean, he, I had some feedback from my first message. But sometimes when we're keeping it real with one another, when we are attached to the fruit of the spirit, it's actually just criticism. And you are helping no one with what your opinion is. You aren't helping anybody with that opinion. Is What is the point of you sharing your opinion? Please tell me. Everything 
is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So what are you sharing? Why are you sharing? Before you share something, would you just ask God, am I carrying your spirit? Am I carrying the fruit of the spirit with what I'm sharing? You know, Caleb um, had somebody call him, and he's like, hey, I just want to sit down with you and uh, you and Chrissy. And um, Caleb, I think the Holy Spirit just spoke to him, and he was just like, listen, Chrissy has been under a lot of criticism these days. If you have anything that you're wanting to share with her, and if it has something to do with that, he just had, he just had discernment. Holy Spirit can give you discernment before you walk into things. You're not unprotected. The Holy Spirit will give you protection. And my husband protected me in that moment. And this individual said, okay, how about just me and you <laughs> go out for some coffee? And I said, thank you for that. Now, I, don't, I didn't necessarily need it, but, but Caleb knew, and that individual knew. And when he was challenged by a brother in Christ to really understand his motive, it changed the direction and trajectory of that conversation. And you know what happened in that relationship? Peace. Peace. So I want you to understand... That sometimes, oh man, this is what I said first of first, I just remembered. Sometimes we are prone to being critical. But also, you know what else sucks energy from your life? When you allow critics to continue talking to you. And I'm not saying that to point it out in them. But you also have to understand who to keep close and who to say, over here, I still love you. I still, there's, mm, there's still unity. And God's working stuff out in both of us. But sometimes if the toxicity is that obvious that it's just kind of, it's just going to drain you, then proximity. A little bit more proximity from the toxicity. So don't let the critical spirit in you rise up and don't try to hide it and not be real and call it <laughs> spirit of excellence like I do. But also don't let people criticize you and punch holes in you, stab you. It's not healthy. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. You know, in fruit, there are what you call natural preservatives. And the natural preservatives allow fruit to, to exist for a long time, right? Like longer than it should. And uh, what I love about natural preservatives is that it makes this healthy, what you're eating healthy. But when I was reading about preservatives, it says, let me read it to you. It says, natural preservatives, which are used to preserve food as is, are not harmful to your health. But then listen to this. Artificial or chemical preservatives, which are used to delay the contamination of foods, are the ones which lead to health problems. There's some fruit that we're eating that have artificial preservatives that lead to health problems. 
There's some natural preservatives that we have, which I believe is the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. I think, I think natural preservatives is the wisdom to guard our hearts. The natural preservatives are putting community around you who are going to hold you accountable to what God is speaking to you. There's some natural preservatives, and that is good. But sometimes there's moments when we're fake and we're not honest with ourselves, and we start allowing some artificial preservatives, which let me tell you, that's fear, not faith. When you allow artificial preservatives hold you up and help you up, it's eventually going to cause some spiritual health problems in you. And you know, these, these artificial fake preservatives to me are inappropriate, wrong environments. Determine the appropriate environment if you want to build healthy relationships in a toxic world. The appropriate environment is not filled with artificial preservatives. It's pure natural preservatives. What environment are you in? Here's the thing, man, there's so many people who are trying so hard. We love Jesus. You just got to know the Lord. You've been walking with him for a few weeks, few months, and maybe even a few years, and you're, you're doing good, but then it's like, why can't I get all the fruit of spirit? I, I don't, uh, uh, something's blocking. I, I love him. I've asked for forgiveness. I've accepted him. I, I feel like I've done the right things. I've gone to church on Sunday, but why am I still not quite fulfilled? Why do I still not have all the peace? Why am I still full of anxiety? Why, why, why? Maybe because the environment that you're in is the wrong environment. It's the wrong environment. When I think about fruits, when I think about the plants that I'm trying so desperately to grow in my home, but I am not a green thumb. When I think about that, there are so many factors in the environment in which I'm trying to grow something, sunlight, soil, air circulation, the season that you're growing something in, the climate. There's so many factors in the environment that we're trying to grow in and your growth is stunted because you are in the wrong environments. And when I think about the wrong environment, I think about the wrong neighborhood. Some of us are walking with the wrong brotherhood. Somebody's walking with the wrong sisterhood. You're like, but this makes me happy. And I've been friends with them forever. But they're fun. Wrong environment. If you are desperately trying to grow, get out of that environment. It's not because I'm like, oh my gosh, you just get out. Get out of there. They're bad. No, it's because God wants more for you. God wants to replace that bad hood with a good hood. I'm wearing a hoodie today. I'm wearing tennis shoes. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Who are your boys? Who are your girls? Who are your closest? Who are your homies? (laughs) Who are your dogs? I'm just kidding. If you're not growing, they shouldn't be any longer. They should not be any longer. Your growth is way too important It takes too much energy for you to be in the wrong environment trying to grow. Just trying to grow. I'm trying to grow. Where's the sunlight? Where's the soil? Where is it? You're in the wrong environment. You know, when you're in the wrong brotherhood, you're in the wrong sisterhood, sometimes those brothers and those sisters are letting you live in victimhood. 
And they just like to keep you right where you're at. And they say, just stay the same. It makes us feel better about ourselves. It makes us feel good. It doesn't challenge me to grow. You don't grow or that makes me, that's going to make me need to grow. And then it's like, oh, man, that happened to you. I got you. I got you. This false community, this falsehood that we talk about in Ephesians 4.25. Some of us are living in falsehoods, and we're being fake, and we have a fake community. We have a fake brotherhood. We have a fake sisterhood that's really not, no longer serving us. Victimhood will never serve you because in victimhood, we no longer take responsibility. A toxic environment removes all responsibility. If we don't walk in faith, here's the thing. I love what Dr. Edith Eager says. She's a um, Holocaust survivor and now a therapist and an author. Suffering is universal, but victimhood is optional. We all suffer, and some of the wrong people want to keep you where you're at and who's going to actually help you get through that suffering in health is the body of Christ. Is the body of Christ. Healthy relationships are dependent on what environment you're walking in. And finally, if we want to walk in healthy relationships in a toxic world, cultivate those healthy relationships, then when we finally recognize that some of the energy is being sucked out of us, the environment's the wrong place, space, people, then we are going to finally consider a necessary ending. Energy, environment, and a, consider a necessary ending. Listen, as long as Caleb and I have ever preached, we've never told you and will never tell you to end something. But we believe that we are called to equip you to understand that there's a Holy Spirit that's at work in you. And he's going to tell you when to end something. And only he can do that. Ecclesiastes 3.1, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Sometimes I get scared by the word ending. And I think about last week, Caleb's like, no, it said enduring, not ending. That's love. And sometimes ending doesn't have to be a big, scary thing. Let me just put some of you at rest. Sometimes ending is changing. Sometimes it's seasons. Sometimes it's new understanding. Sometimes it's new mindsets. Because if we just end things without the fruit of the Spirit, then we're just doing cancel culture. So whatever you end, whatever you feel like God's asking you to end, do it with the fruit of the Spirit. Do it with love. Do it with blessing. You know, there was a moment where Caleb and I were in a ministry season, and the ministry season was coming to an end. And there were some things revolved around that ending. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, you don't, but yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes sometimes. You can't tell all the details. Somebody might watch this. Hey. Um, stop, Chrissy, stop. <laughs> so as we were on our way out, there was an individual who was really excited about the season ending for my husband. And so he thought that he would go over to my, his, this 
to Caleb's wife, me, and say, hey, come here. Like sometimes you just need to get, your husband just needs to get knocked in the teeth before he can do what he's really supposed to do. Essentially, you're saying good riddance to y'all. What'd you say? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I legit, I, in my spirit, I go, you said, you are 70 how old? And you're talking to a 29-year-old about getting my husband's teeth kicked in first? Everything in me was, actually, I was pretty surprised. I was astonished. And I was like, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. Thank you. We learned a lot from this season. We bless you. Walk away. Fruit of the Spirit. Hey, there are going to be some necessary endings, but when you end it, be sure that you're not doing it with toxicity. Do not be cancel culture. Do it with love, patience, endurance, kindness, gentleness. But you know that there's just times when it's season is ending, environment's wrong. And I just want to encourage you that God has better Trust him. His timing is perfect. His timing is perfect. But listen, the way we do these things, the way we take inventory of our energy, the way we consider endings, and even the way we determine our environment, it's so important. Healthy relations are so important because, like I said earlier, the way our relationship is with God is going, and the way we do relationships within the world is going to affect the way people see Jesus. What kind of taste do you leave in people's mouth? Are you fruity? Do you taste good? Or are you toxic and plastic? Plastic. Are you toxic? The flavor we bring to people's lives will affect their appetite for Jesus. Psalms 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. He is good. This looks good, but this is gross. I'm afraid that the church is toxic. There's too much toxicity that we have not allowed God to flush out. Can we get real? Can we get real and taste and see that the Lord? Mm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I think some of us are leaving a bad taste in people's mouths. And then they're saying, why would I want to be a part of that? Why would I want to be a part of that church? Toxicity divides, toxicity separates us. Toxicity keeps people from walking in their purpose. And here's the thing, the cancel culture, the toxicity is isolating people, it's polarizing people, it's, 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 it's just causing everybody to go everywhere else but together and in unity. 
And then they're starting to create an island unto themselves in Psalm 68, 6, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely into families. We are so divided. We are so polarized. And God's saying, I need you to be in unity so I can set lonely ones into families. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Blessed is the man who finds home in Jesus. Blessed is the man who finds home in church. Blessed is the man who finds home in a community that loves them, receives them, has bears the fruit of Christ, bears the fruit of the Spirit, and they taste and see that God is good. He's a good God. Listen, we are creating real relationships, healthy relationships in a fake, toxic world. Can you be honest with yourself right now? Honesty, honest, no, no falsehoods here, realness here. Can you be honest with the toxicity in you before you point it out in somebody else? Can you be honest about some unforgiveness in your heart before you tell somebody to forgive somebody else? Can you be honest about who you need to ask forgiveness from? Hey, it's easy to say, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, you're forgiven, 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 but then you've wronged somebody. You've talked behind somebody's back, you've gossiped. Can you ask for forgiveness? God wants to unite his church. There's a bigger purpose here. There's a bigger goal here. And that's for the church to rise up and be all that it is supposed to be. Forgiveness. There's too much separation and division with toxicity. And listen, Jesus died on a cross so that we would no longer be separated. Sin and toxicity, that separates us from Christ. That creates a chasm between us and Christ. But Jesus, listen to me, Jesus didn't come to just forgive us. The act of forgiveness is removing a barrier from him. God wants us to be close to him, but he needs the forgiveness he needs that forgiveness to take place so that we can be bridged back to him. Some of you guys feel divided. Sometimes, some of you guys are experiencing a lot of toxicity. Some of you guys are feeling like you're in the middle of a polarized world and we are, but God is calling his people to be bigger and greater than that of the world. Greater is he that is in him than he that is in the world. Would you bow your heads in this place? I asked you a few questions. Can you be honest about some toxicity in your life? Can you be honest about where there's unforgiveness? Can you be honest about who you need to ask forgiveness from? I want you to take inventory right now. Take inventory. Just a moment, just take a moment and ask God. Clean that out in me. Forgive me, God, first forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me. Make me new. He's wanting to transform you from the inside out. And the transformation from the inside out sometimes is healing from the inside out. And he's wanting to work out some healing in you. 
Mm, he's trying to do something. He's wanting to do something right now. So Jesus, I pray for every individual in this room who is being brave enough to be honest with you in the words that they are saying even to you now. God, I pray that you would meet them where they're at, meet them in their honesty. Thank you, God, that you are not far from us. You are near to us. You are pursuing us and you are showing us the way as you draw near. So Jesus, draw near to these who are being vulnerable and honest with you in their private moments and their private thoughts right now. And if you're in this room and you, man, you're talking and you're listening to all these messages and you hear us talking about real relationships, let me tell you the ultimate relationship that's going to fix all the other relationships in your life is a relationship with the one and only God, the Savior of the world, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He wants a relationship with you. If that's you in this room and you're like, I want a real relationship, I want to have real relationships in my life, it starts with Him. If you want to know him and walk with him, make him the Lord of your life. This is your opportunity and I don't want you to miss it. So I'm gonna count to three. And when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand and you're gonna raise your hand and we're gonna celebrate with you that you have a relationship with Jesus. You're on the right path. You're on that journey and it's a great journey. It's not just a journey, it's an adventure. So if that's you in this room and you wanna know Jesus, you want a real relationship with him. You don't wanna be, you don't wanna be fake anymore. There's no room for being fake anymore. We know that it's just toxic, right? Taste and see that he is good. I'm gonna count to three. You raise your hand if you want a real relationship with God. One, two, three, raise your hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, church in unity, would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, Thank you for bringing me here today. Thank you for your truth. I accept you in my life. I believe that you died for my sins, that I might be forgiven and reconnected with you. I confess I mess up. I need you. I sin every day. I'm tired of being fake. I'm tired of being a hypocrite. Make me new and give me the strength to live for you for all my days. I love you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's clap our hands because we are truly rejoicing for those who have been set into the family of God, amen. Why don't we stand in this place you know, Elisa said it earlier during the, during the worship session, this is a moment for us to come to the altar. Prayer partners, if you would make your way front, up front, this is a moment where you can be authentic with God as you sing these words. There's some prayer partners who will um, pray over you and it's a moment where you can be honest and seal the decision that you made in your heart today. But can we just sing this song and celebrate what he did here today? Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.